Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You're listening to the Rory Repeater Podcast on 7220sports.com. Here's Cody. Welcome to the Roaring Repeater Podcast. I am Cody Tucker, joined in studio, as always, by Jared Newland. Um, a lot of basketball news this week. Uh, not exactly the <laughs> best kind of basketball news, Jared. Um, and we might as well start with the big one, because the uh, the big news, because the game was an absolute dud. And we'll get into that a little bit here. But, uh, of course, the breaking news this week, Graham E.K. is shutting it down. He already hadn't played in the first 21 games of the season. Uh, we all, you know, of course, in the media have been asking left and right what his status is. Is there a chance? I just asked Jeff Linder last week, in your heart of hearts, is he going to play? And, of course, he gave me the PR answer. But I'm wondering, Jared, what your first thoughts were when you heard the news that, that Graham E.K. is shutting it down for the season. Will take a medical redshirt. Can't blame him one bit. Support him to the fullest. Um, it's it's tough as a fan to because you want to win, you want to have that chance, that inkling of hope there towards down the stretch where we all talked about possibility of hey, this team could go on a four game run mm-hmm. and shoot, they still could. Who knows? Yeah, I mean that's why they play the game. But Allen Edwards team won two games in Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for trying to be positive here. And uh, but <laughs> I mean if Graham is in that lineup and they are at full strength. I mean, that, this is a dangerous bunch of kids. Yeah. And it's a dangerous team. They're really talented, um, especially when they're all they're hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. But as everybody saw Saturday night, when that's not happening, they don't look like they're playing with maybe 70% effort on defense. Yeah. Uh, that's generous. Not hitting shots and just act like they don't want to be out there half the time. Yeah, so I guess – you know, Jeff Linder has put this in Graham E.K.'s hands over the last month that, hey, it's his decision. It's his decision. So, obviously, you know, the Aurora, Colorado product talked with his family, obviously. I mean, his uncle's Daniel Graham, who played in the NFL for a long time. I'm sure he leaned on him a little bit to say, hey, do you, what are the pros and cons here? My thoughts were that if he could come back, when you're a competitor, you want to play. And it's hard to see the forest through the trees, and it's hard to think about your, you know, too far ahead in the future of your professional career, whether that's overseas, NBA, whatever it is, because you want to play. And you know that everybody in this fan base is waiting on your decision, and they're waiting on you, and then you have that competitive edge, and you're the Mountain West Player of the Year. You want to be in there helping your teammates. So I'm sure it was a really, really hard decision, but my, I see everybody saying, good for him, just like you said, good for him, you know, that's the way to do it. And it, and it is, obviously, but my thoughts were always, if you can do it and you're not going to jeopardize your future, Graham E.K. is not going to exhaust his eligibility in college. It's just not going to happen, especially with the way it started and the COVID year and all that. So if you can, and there's not a huge risk, I thought he would come back. And I thought he would say, hey, you know, 
I don't care about burning a medical red shirt at this point because I'm maybe going to come back next year, maybe two years at the very best. Mm-hmm. So why not come and make a run and literally be one of the scariest teams in the NCAA tournament? And I know I'm looking way ahead here, and I'm expecting them to roll through Vegas with Graham E.K., but, I mean, we're obviously seeing how important he is to this program. Yeah, and I told you before we went on the air on Friday afternoon, well, Friday midday, I guess, I was talking to a friend, and he asked that question, you know, you think E.K. is going to come back? And I looked, I had a schedule sitting right next to me, so I was like, yeah, I do. I think uh, February 17th, I'm going to circle. Yeah. And that's against Air Force after this next gauntlet of <laughs> games that are coming up. I thought maybe, you know, give him another couple of weeks to to get basketball shape type deal. Because yeah. we all know he's been in the pool for a while yeah. and things. And, uh, and just that TV clip they showed of him in that last home game, he looked jacked up top. Yeah. I mean, more physically fit up top than he did last year. Yeah, and um, so you know he's been doing the work in the weight room, and and then not even two hours later, the release came out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of glad they put out that release because it's been lingering. It, yeah, I mean it's been lingering as much as his injury's been lingering apparently. But there must have been hope, more hope than actually than maybe we think. Yeah, because why why would they wait this long if they didn't if if they knew in the back of their minds he wasn't coming back he might he must have just finally and i don't want to say maybe had a setback yeah but maybe he just had that final feeling saying i can't do this i bet it's been an unbelievable internal battle for for graham and and he is such a great guy and such a good human being and such a bright i mean he is one of my favorite athletes i've ever talked to in my life and such a competitor such a competitor and he we've talked about it this year because we've always been asking that question since Graham hasn't been on the court, is who is this team's killer? Uh, they don't appear to have one. Well, Saturday Him. night, it was we all know it was Hunter Maldonado. Absolutely. He looked like the Maldo of old. He did, but, I mean, that's the stuff two years ago, before, or pre-EK that he was doing where yeah. he was just exhausted when they won those two games in Vegas. That's exactly what, Graham, what Hunter was doing night in and night out, yeah. and it's just – he got no help. I don't know how much uh, Noah Reynolds got dinged up, but you know he's the leading scorer, and I guess we'll kind of segue into into that game. But first, I want to touch on this because this is now the topic of discussion: is when you read Graham's message on social media, you can read into it whatever way you want to read into it, of course. But at the end, it says, "I'd also like to thank our amazing fans." the school, and my coaching staff for its support during this time. I will continue working on my rehab with my physical therapist, and I look forward to coming back to the game stronger than ever. Are people reading way too much into that? Yes. Now, and I understand why they are. I mean, that does leave an open-ended book there. But at the same time, good on him for taking the time to draft that yeah so it doesn't say that i'm 100 percent coming back because even um, tom brady is a great example he retired a year ago 45 days later he came back yeah and then he just retired again last week how pissed would you be if it came out and said i look forward to coming back to wyoming next year and then he somehow gets lured away in the offseason well that i think that's why he's just in case yeah i mean money talks yeah. And not saying that Graham is out there looking for money or looking for an NIA deal, NIL deal, because we all, they all are at some point. Yeah. But he would have done that last year, yeah. I believe, if he was going to leave and take money yeah. and go play for another program. 
Yeah. He is loyal to Jeff because Jeff was loyal to him during his high school injury. Yeah. And he's loyal to Wyoming. And I, I truly believe he likes Laramie and he likes the fans and he likes the university. Yeah. And he's only two hours from home. Well, and here's my thought is you can get to where you want to go from Laramie, Wyoming. We've seen it over and over and over again with so many guys, the Theo Ratliffs of the world, the Reggie Slaters, the, the Larry Nances, the Justin James. We, you can get there from Wyoming. My thought, and I hate to get in the weeds with any of this crap, and I am not a conspiracy guy whatsoever, but say, say his diagnosis, Jared, is one of something degenerative, something he knows he'll never be the same or this is something that can affect him the rest of his life maybe one of his ceilings is going somewhere like a kansas or something like that and he knows that'll be kind of the biggest thing he can do until europe yeah you know what i mean like and i hate to get in the weeds like that but that is something that i definitely thought about that who was the big cat from from uh, ohio state that was a top picking the NBA draft Odom or whatever his name was. Greg Odom, yeah. Yeah, and he went in and he had a degenerative problem and it really affected him and he was never worth worth a dime. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's what's happened to Graham, but we don't know. They've kept this under wraps. I mean, people ask me all the time, what's with the secrecy? Why are they not telling you? Well, they don't have to tell you. No. For one. I mean, it's up to Graham if he wants to tell anybody. He said foot in his release, and that's the first time we've even ever heard the word foot. because it was lower leg injury before. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been told that it was a stress reaction, not a stress fracture. Right. A stress reaction is what happens before a stress fracture. Yep. He had three opinions. Two of them said no surgery. One said surgery. His family immediately said no surgery. But the surgery, if that was the case, we talked about a little bit off the air that that's one that could be something that lingers, right? Something that could... Yeah, because surgery would most likely be a pin. Right. And that's a lot. 6'9", yeah, 255 no on a doctor pin. by any means, but that, yeah. And they said that it would most likely break or bend. So, I mean, and this is all hearsay. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not saying it's an official source by any means, but, um, but if... More more time off is going to be better for any stress fracture. I had one in my foot before, and I was six weeks in a boot, and then took it off, and I was better. Right. But I wasn't playing basketball either. Sure. Yeah, or, and you're not six nine, two hundred fifty five yeah. pounds. I was walking up and down stairs to my office. That was it. Right. So, uh, but well, here's something that adds to the panic. I think a little bit too. Jared was the quote that Jeff Linder came out with directly after, where he says. As much as he wanted to be on the floor playing this season, he made the best decision for his future, and I can't wait to see what the future has in store for him. To me, that sounds like, and we're reading into this big time, but to me, that sounds like a coach saying, really excited to see what his future is going to be <laughs> wherever he's going to land. And, and who, who knows? Maybe it's not coming back to college at all. No. Maybe he decides in the summer that it is time to go and try professional basketball. But, I mean, can you imagine an NBA scout being like, yeah, he had a really nice year two years ago. Well, I didn't say NBA. Right. I said professional. <laughs> so, But, I mean, his end goal is NBA. Oh, and believe me, we've heard from people. You and I have been in the same rooms where we ask people, is he an NBA player? And a lot of people are saying no. You and I don't watch a lot of NBA. I watch zero NBA. But the back-to-the-basket type of players – there are none in the basket in the NBA anymore. 
Could he be, I don't remember if it was you and I who had this conversation or somebody else, but could he be like a Draymond Green type? Where you just dedicate yourself to being just an animal. A badass in the middle. And yeah. Filling, filling the paint, uh, grabbing rebounds, being really physical. Yeah, I could see that. Um, he's going to have to turn up the, the dirty talk game. He's pretty good at it. <laughs> he's pretty good at it already. He's going to have to get his own podcast like yeah. Dream One. Uh, <laughs> that but, smile kind of fools you. I mean, there's always going to be a place on a roster for a guy like that yeah. that's going to get down and dirty, um, play physical, and grab as many rebounds as possible. I mean, Larry Nance is still making a living, making a lot of money mm-hmm. by going out and um, you know getting six to eight points a game and eight rebounds a game. Well, here's an idea, too. If you're so worried about Graham leaving, um, where is Wyoming as far as the fans coming together and starting a co-op or starting – Something to uh, to get these guys some nil money. It's not always going to be that big company swooping in and saying, "Here's five hundred thousand dollars for Graham Ek." Sometimes it needs to be a bunch of fans getting together and throwing in five bucks a month. That adds up really, really quick, and then you're paying all those guys on the floor. And if you're so worried about the nil stuff, you need to. I hate to say it, but you need to start putting your money where your mouth is. Well, that's the same way when they they complain about coaches coming and going. And so forth. We'll show up to the games. Yeah. Buy season tickets. Yeah. These these coaches are compensated on how many butts are in the seats. Well, now it's becoming a punchline, uh, especially which you know we'll talk about Saturday night's debacle. But now that's becoming a punchline. Like, oh, you called us out earlier this year, and you expect us to come see that crap? Can't say I blame them after Saturday night. That was hideous. It was, and we've seen we've seen performances like that at home. Yeah. Yeah, this year that they just haven't played well, but then they play a game like CSU at home, and you're like, man, I'll come and watch that team. Yeah, heck yeah, and the way they played. <laughs> but last I don't want to watch night. that team against uh, uh, San Jose. San Jose State. No. Oh. Now, a couple days from now against UNLV could be a totally different story. Yeah, UNLV's kind of in a lot of ways mirrored Wyoming. As far as conference season goes, they they look like world beaters one minute, and then they're getting beat at home by that Fresno State team. How the hell does that happen? I mean, we've mentioned it last week. San Jose State, they can win by 30, and they can lose by 30. They can win by 20, they can lose by 20. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's weird. It's been really weird. Uh, The Cowboys, if you want some good news, you want to take some good news out of any of this, they're still ahead of Colorado State in the standings. Yes. (laughs) Um, And Nate Barnhart. Yeah, Nate Barnhart was the name the Mountain West Freshman of the Week. I think he's pretty damn serviceable. I do too. <laughs> I do. I really, you know, when I first saw him, I went, "What are you? What, what are we doing here?" Like, and it took him a long time, I think, to get into actual basketball shape. Yeah, and and, and I I do praise the coaches because I I think when that, when he wants to come out, they're like, "We gotta we gotta give him a blow." <laughs> sure, because it's he wasn't in basketball shape. Now he's. Now he's going up and down the court, uh, played 16 minutes the other night, but he, you know, they're effective minutes. Right. And he's starting to find his outside shot. Yep. So, and everybody said that was one of his biggest strengths was his three-point shooting. Right. Maybe, I don't want to panic people here, but maybe he could be what Jeff Linder always envisioned Hunter Thompson to be. Because people are saying, boy, if, if Barnhart puts on 30 pounds, he's not likely to put on 30 pounds, is he? I mean... I, I'd hate to speculate even the, the kid can bench press, but think about how long those, I mean, guys like that 
their bench presses. Yeah. How long they have it's to a long come way to down go. and then go back up. <laughs> it's a long way to go. <laughs> and not much of a chest to bounce off of either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he could be that guy because, man, when Jeff came in, he said Hunter Thompson is so important. And, and we've seen in spurts how what he wants Hunter Thompson to look like. We saw that against Fresno State. And, um, you know, it's just – but on the on the on the flip side on the defensive end that guy's always going to be banging in the middle and I think Barnhart's looked pretty darn good so far and he's such a good kid and he's got he's the guy you're not worried about his effort at all and he's a presence enough inside to where he's he does get a couple block shots here and there yep. and he definitely alters quite a few shots yeah no doubt so uh, before we put a bow on uh, Graham Ek talk percentage wise is he back in a Wyoming uniform next year. I'm going to say 75% yes. Hmm. I don't really have any basis for any of it. Me neither. I'm so just, it's, it's hard to say. It's my gut telling me that. But I'm with you. I think he has loyalty, and loyalty is a word that is so lost in this day and age in college. And Are you going to hate Grammy K if he leaves? Not one bit. I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard to say. But I, as far as I know, whenever I talk to him, he's in such good spirits and he's such a good guy. And and you can see him on the sideline. You saw him speaking of the camera showing him. They showed him against San Jose State the other night. He was down on all fours, basically on the sideline, telling somebody, presumably Barnhart, "Hey, do this." Or Caden Powell, I think Caden Powell was on the floor uh, on the floor at the time. He's on all fours, like, and I'm staring at his right foot the whole time, and I'm like, hey, that's bent. I mean, he's getting down there okay. Like, come on, man. You sure you can't play? I, I think 75 is good. I, I'd go 75, too, and, I, and I'm only basing that on the fact that he had a torn ACL in high school. It, it, think about it, guys. CSU didn't recruit Graham E.K.? <laughs> Colorado didn't recruit Graham E.K.? Instead, Colorado came up and got this string bean out of Cheyenne Central. Um, they missed. They missed hard. Graham E.K. was going to go to UNC. <laughs> I mean, so he's dedicated. And I know he loves his teammates and he loves his routine. He walks to the arena auditorium every day by himself and has his earphones in and puts up shots. I did a story about it before the season started that he he's in the gym by himself pretending that, you know, there's five seconds left on the clock and he's got the ball at the block. He's got the ball at the three. He's got the ball all over the court and puts himself in that. And he talked about his desire to hang a banner. And I've talked about this with fans on Twitter. Imagine he comes back next year along with a whole cast and crew, because that's a whole nother ball of wax. If Graham E.K. leaves, who the hell else is gone? Uh, but if this if this team comes back intact, talk about a pissed-off, motivated, ready-to-roll team where these teams now, the San Jose States of the world, are taking out their frustrations and beating Wyoming by 20. Remember, the Spartans were on a 12-game skid, and they were, what, 20? Two and twenty all time against the Cowboys heading into Saturday night. Have your fun now, <laughs> because if Graham comes back and this cast of characters come back, uh, it could be a total redemption tour next year. And I hope that's what a lot of them are thinking. That hey, we're taking it on the chin right now, but when we come back next year, not only are we coming back, we got humbled. Mm-hmm. We got humbled hard, and now you're in deep. You know what? That's a dream, anyway. <laughs> so I'll go 75. Yeah, I like 75. What the hell? All right, let's get into that debacle in San Jose in front of 95 people on Saturday night. Well, there's only a couple of bright spots to look at. Which ones? Uh, Hunter Maldonado. Yeah. 34 points on 13 of 19 from the field. Six of six from the free throw line, yeah. too. We can't, uh, we can't downplay that. And as a team, 
13 to 16 from the free throw line, 81% coming off a perfect performance the week before uh, against Fresno State. So last two, you know, free throw performances have been really good. Uh, you know, they got to rebound better. Um, the top rebounder on Wyoming's team Saturday night was four. Was that Caden Powell? Uh, there were several of them. Oh. Uh, but uh, Jeremiah Odin played pretty well, 4-8 uh, from the field with 12 points and four boards. It all came early, though. Yeah. And then, but, I mean, when it was 16-5, to then it was an 11-0 run, it was like, all right, got through that, that bad phase, and then it just turned worse oh, after that. Did it ever, man. It looked it looked at times like the older guys at Holiday Park that are just beating up on the little kids that show up. That's really what it looked like at times, and then the effort just, I don't know. It's so hard to call people out on effort. I mean, that's a tricky thing, but Jeff Linder obviously is the first one to do it. <laughs> and he's happy with the effort one week, very unhappy the next, happy again, unhappy. Where the hell is that middle, and why isn't it? High all the time. That's what got them to where they went last year. Well, you know today's practice. Oh. Brutal. It's got to suck badly. And the Cowboys have been so good at holding on, to the fo- uh, holding on to the basketball this year. They turn it over 12 times in the first half. 17 times overall. The Spartans turned that into, what, 31 points? The first half one was, I think they scored on all 12. 23 or something yeah, like 23 that. 23 points on yeah. 12 turnovers. So it was just the absolute worst-case scenario. They get out-rebounded by two. Um, you know, Linder picked up a technical foul early. I believe that's two games in a row he's been hit with a tee, or two of the last three at least. Um, you know, the blocked shots, those don't always seem to be a big deal, but it was a big deal in this one too. San Jose State, uh, they have a monster. <laughs> that guy looks really good, really raw, but really good. Uh, they finished with five blocks, uh, eight steals, um, they just they won every category, thirteen to nine in the assist uh, assist battle, offensive rebounds. Cowboys give up ten of those. I guess the Cowboys did get twelve of their own in that. But uh, three pointers, eleven of twenty two. Once again, the three point de- defense was just it was atrocious. It was really bad. They just you know you can't give up fifty percent from behind the arc, and then the Cowboys hit seven of twenty two in that regard, and just. It was ugly, man. They shot nearly fifty-seven percent from the field. You're just—you're never going to beat a team anywhere on the road. It's even San, and this is not your San Jose State of old. Uh, they're just not. They're—they are salty, man. And that Amari Moore kid, really good. He played all forty minutes. Was ten of twenty-two from the field, five of ten from behind the arc, four of four at the line. He finishes with twenty-nine points. All, <coughs> excuse me, all five of their starters in double figures. All five of their starters have started every single game this year. That's what continuity looks like. And Wyoming with 15 different starting lineups throughout the year. Yep. And you really thought they maybe found something uh, with going with the bigs. Um, but San Jose State had the bigs to match. That Diallo guy, their seven-footer, he looks he looks really good. <laughs> he looks really like, Can you believe that guy's a soccer player? Can you imagine that seven footer running down the running down on you like that? And aside from Odin, I mean, Ducell had six, Barnhart had five, but Hunter Thompson was zero. Yeah. Noah Reynolds, your leading scorer, with one, and he got caught up in a charge or a, a screen during that game and had to leave. Uh, Linder didn't know exactly what was going on with him. He would be reevaluated, but. Um, he just he didn't do anything, and apparently he was not feeling well coming into the game. Yet another, 
<laughs> just another issue in the long line of issues with this team this year. Um, if we're looking for other bright spots, I thought Caden Powell, um, you know, he finished with a rebound. He, he finished with four points. Thought he looked a little more comfortable for the first time. But Brendan Wenzel played 32 minutes. You have to wonder if he's still really, really not doing well. And I know Jeff talked about him maybe being at 80% last week. He scored two points in this one. He didn't score against Fresno State. Um, but if he's only at eighty percent, why is he playing thirty-two minutes? He, exactly, and that's what makes me think that he got better throughout the week. You know, he finished with four rebounds and a and a steal. But other than that, two turnovers and two points. Um, it's just not getting it done. Ethan Anderson played just six minutes. I mean, this was a guy who was one of your leaders over the last month plus, and here he is playing six minutes. He doesn't score. Max Ogbongpolo gets off the bench for the first time in like three games. He uh, plays two minutes. He doesn't score. Jake Kaiman plays two minutes. He doesn't score. Um, they're just not getting any help. And Hunter Maldonado was the entire offense. And and hats off to him. Uh, he he was incredible. He looked like he looked like Hunter Hunter Maldonado of old for sure. He was he used every shot in his repertoire, and uh, it was it was pretty at times. But he nobody else came to the rescue. Yeah. And just not much you can do. So, for their troubles, Wyoming gets UNLV. And uh, <laughs> that's on Wednesday night inside the AA. Don't know uh, what UNLV team is going to show up, just like we don't know what Wyoming team is going to show up. We would hope that Linder would uh, be lighting a fire under their ass as we speak. Um, and then the question, of course, afterwards was, you know, did the news of Graham E.K., affect this game whatsoever i think the players probably have known for a minute yeah it's not like it was a bombshell that was just dropped on them and like oh my gosh we have no hope now yeah they like you said in back their mind they had to have known they've seen him work you know working out they know what his capabilities are they could they could tell they could read body language they could read everything yeah it's they knew I think it has absolutely nothing to do with it because as much of a competitor as Graham E.K. is, you would think that these guys are just as much competitors and they want to prove it without Graham. Yep. And uh, they certainly didn't, aside from Hunter Maldonado, on Saturday night. So, Cowboys need to beat the Rebels, Jared, because uh, they get their next trip is at Boise State and at New Mexico. Two really good basketball teams right now. <laughs> Two really good teams on the road. But it was really nice seeing Boise State get pounded on Friday night. San Diego at State. San Diego State. And San, I think last year Boise State beat them three games all on the last possession. Yeah. So San Diego State. Pissed? Very much so. <laughs> and in front of the show. Yeah. All that had everything going for him. I don't know why I didn't load up on that one. But, yeah. Dumb. They had every reason to yep. come out firing in that one. <laughs> but How about uh, in other Mountain West news, how about the alleged chants coming out of Colorado State's student section on Saturday night against Utah State? Oh, I don't think you can use the word alleged. Yeah. It's confirmed. But, okay, so. Because <laughs> they, they, they put out an apology. Apology, yeah. Maybe not alleged, but it wasn't the entire student section. I no, it, and it was, it was a handful a of idiots. Yeah. yeah. They said it was a group of people. And um, to his credit, the player from Utah State, he did come out and. His uh, statement was beautiful, too. His statement too. was very well written, saying thank you for everybody's support and just, you know, all all your thoughts and prayers going in, you know, to help, um, help Ukraine. Yep. Would be much appreciated. So. Yeah. And, uh, 
I'm trying to pull this up right now because it was really good. Um, really, really good what he had to say for sure. And I'm not going to defend any any CSU person for what they did. Um, it's a heat of the moment type of deal. A couple kids probably started saying something, then 30 more jumped in and you know chanted with them. And then it's what heat of the moment thing. You you don't think about what you're saying. Yeah. And it was like, what are we doing afterwards? I'm sure. Yeah. You know, it's but. Um, well, for those of you who don't know, Max Shulga is from Kiev, Ukraine, and um, apparently some knuckleheads in the student section were chanting Russia at him while he was at the free throw line. And uh, CSU did put out an apology. Eh, it wasn't the best. But then Nico Medved came in and apologized as well, CSU's head coach. But I wanted to read what Max Shulga said. I think it was really good. He said, first, I would like to thank the Colorado State Administration and Coach Medved for their immediate support and understanding following the disappointing events during last night's game. This has been an extremely difficult and challenging year with my family and loved ones so far away and living in constant danger. I pray daily for the conflict to come to a close and for peace to be restored for my people in Ukraine. As for the chance last night, while extremely upsetting in the moment, I also know how emotions can run high during competition and people can do and say things that they do not really mean. Colorado State and its fans have apologized, and I accept and appreciate the apology. I hope you will all join me in praying for peace in Ukraine. That's really good. I mean, it made it on CNN. Did it really? Twitter account. That's really good. So it was it was a big thing, probably blown out a little bit if it's on CNN. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there was a, there's um, you know a lot of a lot of things going on in the world. Yeah. That you and I don't understand. Yeah. The students don't understand because we're not a part of it. Definitely. We don't have family members that are a part of it. Definitely. Um. So. Well, his family's very much in in town uh in kiev where it's just been bombarded just like when you're on a podcast choose your words carefully (laughs) (laughs) i can edit uh you want to talk a little bit about apparently mr josh allen's been up to uh some golf yeah so you know he he opts out of participating in the pro bowl to play golf it's and i've seen a lot of people making fun of it in a good way saying we've all been there we've all called in sick to work to play golf <laughs> same thing for him yeah. but um you know obviously the doctor said you, you're not gonna hurt your elbow any worse by playing golf yeah so they cleared him for that but throwing the football in those skills competitions and or in the game I mean, he's going to put more stress on his elbow that he doesn't need to. And you know he'd want to win it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially, yeah, some of yeah. those tosses. Yeah. 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 Um, he'd want to show his arms a little stronger than uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> but um, the weather wasn't all that great out at Pebble Beach this weekend at the AT&T uh, Pro-Am. Where, where is Pebble Beach? Is that by San Francisco? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Up in the coast there. Yeah. Yep. And they play three different courses during this event because there's so many participants. And he and his partner in the Pro-Am side of it – um, Keith Mitchell, uh, they finished fourth. Nice. Now they had they only played 54 holes uh, because of the weather because they wanted to get the pros through. So uh, Aaron Rodgers and his partner actually won it. Um, they beat Allen's team by four strokes. Nice. And Aaron Rodgers and uh, Josh Allen are from that area. Yeah. So that had to be cool for them. Yep. Heading up there. Yep. And you are heading to Arizona. Um, yep. And heading to Arizona. Management. The Waste Management Open. And um, I heard that Josh is playing on Wednesday in that Pro-Am, but I haven't seen anything official. It was on the Golf Channel. They sent, 
so it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't find it anywhere online that it's confirmed. But there's you know Michael Phelps plays in it all every year because he's he lives down there. JJ uh, Watts playing in it because he now lives well, there. Um, well, it makes sense with the Super Bowl going on down there. I mean, sure, I'm sure Josh will be down there. Yeah, and there and there's mu uh, there's musicians that play in it. Um, you know, social media influencers that play in it, mm-hmm. and then just. Um, it, some retired basketball players and a lot of retired football players playing. Mm, so nice basketball. Well, if you or talk, baseball, excuse me. If you talk to Josh, we can get him on next week. <laughs> we can get him on. We'll we'll squeeze him in at some point this summer if, if we have time. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go out there on Wednesday. We actually have a tea time that day. So, um, but if I if we do sneak out, it'll be first thing in the morning. So if he's playing in the AM, I would be able to give him a go pokes type of the deal. Heck yeah. And then, yeah, then uh, there's the Waste Management is a great event. There's concerts every night um, in the Big Tent. They call it the Bird's Nest. Yeah. It's um, off the course just a little bit. And then, you know, four days of golf, five days of golf with the Pro-Am day. So. Well, and uh, as we look out the windows here in downtown Cheyenne and see these flurries flying, I'm sure you're not too bummed. It looked like it was very nice today in the desert. Yes, it's supposed to be in the uh, 70s and mid-70s all week long down there. Perfect. Uh, Yeah, like we mentioned, something else going on in the desert this week. Uh, Marcus Epps and the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57 on Sunday. I was posed a great question yesterday, Jared. Why the hell... I can't, I'm mad that I didn't even think about this, but why in the hell do they not play the Super Bowl on Saturday nights? I don't know. And there's, you know, it comes up every day that there's bills and certain legislators, legislatures' uh, hands that say that they want to have Monday as a holiday and all this kind of stuff. And I totally agree. Um, it's I've never even thought of that. I guess Super Bowl Sunday rolls off the tongue better than Super Bowl Saturday. How about just the Super Bowl? Yeah. I uh, and. Nobody else can actually use the word. <laughs> Got to call it the big game or something yeah, else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It, it would make way too much sense. And they already have two weeks to get prepped for the game anyway. So why not Saturday night? Can you imagine what bars would look like? All they already are packed all over the country. But can you imagine what they'd look like That's on Saturday? Reason why though? It's it's a standalone TV events on Sunday. On Saturday, you still have a lot of college basketball going on. You have the NBA. You have the NHL. It gives those schedules and TV time for them to fulfill to fulfill those obligations. And then Sunday, the college basketball that's going on Sunday is all prior to the kickoff, I believe. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's any other pro sports that's going on during the Super Bowl. It's yeah. all prior. It gives them themselves their own window, and it's tradition, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't go to Super Bowl parties anymore. And I don't mind it if my team's not in it. I don't care. Yeah, and if I do, it's probably going to go to the first half, have a couple pops, eat some apps, and then head out and watch the second half at home. But I'm not getting drunk on Sunday by any means. That's what sucks, though. But it's just not – I don't care to, Yeah, I guess. I've had a lot of hungover Mondays. (laughs) Actually, funny quick story. When I was in Houston, uh, I applied for a job at the Tuscaloosa News, which, of course – to cover the Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, the year the Broncos lost to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, I was um, uh, cranky, to say the least, uh, from first snap on, obviously. Very cranky. 
And about mid-third quarter, when I still was holding out a glimmer of hope, I believe there was another turnover, and that's when I took my cell phone and I spiked it into the chimney that I didn't need in my apartment in Houston, Texas. So I shattered my phone into a billion and a half pieces. So when I woke up from my drunken haze the next morning, I had a meeting at work, and I went to the I, and I thought oh, I better go get a phone. So I went to the mall, got a phone, went to my meeting, came back, saw that I had a missed call from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So I said, "Cool, I'll call him back like right when I'm done with you know dealing with my asshole of a boss." So I grabbed my phone and uh, call back and talk to the sports editor, and he goes, "I have never in my life." met somebody who calls himself a sports reporter who doesn't have a voicemail set up. And I said, well, <laughs> my phone broke last night. I just got this new one, and uh, I hadn't set it up yet. And he goes, if you were a reporter worth your salt, you would have set it up immediately, first thing. I cannot believe you don't have a cell phone, uh, a message voicemail set up on your cell phone. Um, you will not be getting a job offer here. And I said, well, that's a shame because you sound like an effing blast to work for. <laughs> so I get to deal with you and Nick Saban. You sound like a riot, dude. So thank you. I'm glad I didn't set up my voicemail. <laughs> you must have went to the Nick Saban school of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went into a complete rage that night. But anyway, uh, Marcus Epps, a Wyoming cowboy who could get a big fat ring on his finger this week. And what a story he is. We all know he was a walk-on at Wyoming out of Los Angeles, California, or Burbank, California, where he was from. Uh, went to uh, Edison High School on Huntington Beach. Played for the Cowboys from 2004 to 2000, uh, or 2014 to 2018, excuse me, and Man, when you look at his numbers, we knew Marcus was a good player, but he also was overshadowed by Andrew Wingard a lot. Uh, but check out these numbers for Epson Laramie. 324 total tackles. Not bad. Uh, played every game of his college career. Um, 18 and a half tackles for loss. Two sacks, nine interceptions. He also had four fumble recoveries. And a touchdown, and I believe that touchdown, I might be wrong, was against Eastern Michigan on the road. Ooh. I think the same night that Logan Wilson had one and Josh Allen got stopped leaping to the, the goal line. At the yeah. goal line, And yeah. they somehow lost, and then, you know, all the Black Lives Matter people walked on the field. I think Marcus Epps had a pick six in that game. I might be wrong. Uh, but anyway, he gets drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in the sixth round, 191st overall in the 2019 NFL draft. He was waived in November of that same year. Um, what he's done in Philadelphia to resurrect his career is incredible. Uh, reading Twitter all these years, his first early years in Philly, man, the fans were all over him, just like you see with the Jaguars fans on Andrew Wingert. They were all over Epps, and they just they, they hated him, and apparently every mistake, you know, you make every mistake in Philly uh, gets magnified, to say the least. So uh, He's turned that around in a big way. 94 tackles this year for him, um, six tackles for loss, a forced fumble. Uh, the one thing he doesn't have on his resume yet this year is an interception, and what a great time it would be to get one off Patrick Mahomes on Sunday in the desert. And he, he's almost like an Iron Man. Oh, I mean, he doesn't he come off the field. Never. There Through the first 12 or 13 games, he had played every snap. Every snap. And I believe he was playing some special teams too. Oof. He's a, yeah, he's a good player, man. And it's been a little rough, I think, in this postseason. Haven't seen, haven't heard his name a lot. Haven't seen him make a whole hell of a lot of plays here. Actually, I'm looking at his stats here. He had five tackles against the Giants, 
two against the Niners last week. So he's had seven tackles out of the uh, Eagles secondary so far. But that defense is so good; they're they're making plays. I know, I know. Christian McCaffrey kind of bounced off him last week, yeah, bounced was... out of a tackle and went to went to the end zone. <laughs> yeah, wrap up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, but going back to the game, the Eagles are favored by a point and a half. It, it's kind of fluctuated since the line came out immediately. Uh, you know, uh, a Sunday ago or two Sundays ago now, but um, and the over-under is 50 and a half, so that's gone up a half a point. So uh, the odds makers think that there's going to be a lot of scoring in the Super Bowl, which is always fun to watch if there great. is. So. so it's weird. I'm a Broncos fan. You're a Cowboys fan. You obviously hate the Eagles. I hate the Chiefs. I hope the Eagles kick their ass. <laughs> I really do. I'm so sick of the Chiefs. Yeah. I, Travis Kelsey is one of the most hateable people on earth. Well, last week was one of the worst – Week, weekends for me because I can't stand the Niners either. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, whoever wins wins. I don't. I'm not even want to watch a game. I watched. I didn't watch it minute for minute, but I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Puke. Who are you gonna bet? Are you gonna bet? Oh, I don't know. I'm in some pools. Yeah. Those squares where you buy squares and it's a random draw and stuff like that. Most of them are for fundraisers, so that's always fun to follow your your squares and. Hopefully you get a good number and that lands on it. Yeah, that type type stuff. Um, if I were to do anything, I would probably uh, take uh, take the over, just because you always want to root for points. Wouldn't it be fun? To, there's probably a ton of like parlay stuff in this, right? I don't know a ton about gambling, but I bet in the NFL you can bet on damn near everything. Yeah, the parlays is the same game parlay stuff is going to be a little more difficult just because there's only one game. So I mean, there's only the over under and the line and then maybe like who's going to score first i mean it's those kind of parlays are, are there goofy things during the super bowl oh, you can bet on the props or the props is what i meant yeah, yeah. i don't know much about gambling um the color of the gatorade shower really of course the heads or tails the coin flip what yeah all that those are of, legit things oh, like on betting websites absolutely how long the national anthem is going to be <laughs> wow. over under a certain time frame and wow. it's chris stapleton singing it this year so He's pretty um, slow. Yeah, I would think that – but I think he's going to do it normal, though. Yeah. He's not going to add a lot to it. So, it's – I mean, if you look up the normal length of a – I think you can probably figure <laughs> what you should be. I don't think he's going to add anything to where it's going to draw it out an extra 10, 20 seconds. Roxanne's going to kill you. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm just mentioning it. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't know anything about no, that. The fun stuff, though, is, is actually reading about it. Yeah. Than actually doing it and uh, reading what some or listening to podcasts on what people are doing, and then they'll they'll post their bet slips so you can kind of like look at them like, oh, I'm I'm rooting for him to do good, but like who's going to score first? Is it going to be Patrick Mahomes? Which it couldn't be a pass; it would have to be a run for him. But is Travis Kelsey going to get the first touchdown? The odds on that, or can you put twenty five bones on Will Marcus Epps be the defensive or be the MVP of the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Wonder what that would pay out. Um, if you keep talking, I'll look it up. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah, and they may not have the defensive MVP uh, odds all the way up yet. Maybe we need to give Jen Cost. I don't think does enough for us. I think we should have her do this with Wyoming games and keep track of how long the national anthem was and and uh, how long the potato bath was the in uh, Boise things what like that. What color the potatoes are going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have nearly enough to do. We should do that. <laughs> and make a screen for everyone. Yeah. 
that's wild that you can bet on all that stuff. Oh, it's so yeah, I bet Super Bowl has the most. So, but I've been hanging with uh, our former colleague Kyle quite a bit. He's got three TVs in his living room and a whiteboard that has like the games of the day with the betting lines on them, and him and his buddy are just on their phone 24-7, just dropping bets left and right. the law enforcement's not listening. <laughs> it's only legal on a few apps. Not all of them, Kyle. Uh, he actually, uh, I'm trying to get him into hockey, so he watched the Sabres game with me the other day, and he's like, well, I dropped a bet on five goals in this game, and I'm like, man, you got to bet on every single thing. Over-under hockey's fun. Is it? Yeah, because... I mean, obviously, you want to go with the over because you want as much action as possible. Well, it kind of drove me nuts at the end because he's like, well, I can't remember who the Sabres were playing, but he's like, I really need them to score here and get this game into overtime. I'm like, Kyle, <laughs> no, no, that's not what we need here. We just need to get out of here with a win. I'm not seeing the defensive MVP odds up yet, but let me look somewhere else here. Um, Is there a defensive MVP and an offensive MVP in the Super Bowl? Or is it just an MVP? Just the MVP? I think it's just the MVP in general. Oh, wow. I think. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. Uh, uh, Let's see. Yeah, it looks like it's just the Super Bowl MVP, and that's it. That seems weird, though. I mean, if you make a bet on a random safety on the Eagles to win the MVP, you would think that would be worth more than Patrick Mahomes winning MVP. Oh, the odds would be much more. Yeah. Yeah, like I let me I'll I'll look up some uh Is that worth twenty five bucks to throw down? Oh, absolutely. I wanna say Kyle threw down fifty last year on Logan Wilson being the MVP of the Super Bowl and imagine he steps in front of that ball and picks off picks off Cooper Cup right there. I think he's got a pretty good chance if yeah, he does he probably, do that. Yeah, he probably would have. Especially at that point in the game. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I, I I don't ever want to gamble. <laughs> Sounds like straight. You probably trouble. still have some money in your account from a certain service that I, gave you money. I think I do. You should probably uh, cash that out. I'll never stop. No, just cash it out. Oh, don't play. Just cash. I didn't think you could do that. Oh yeah. Oh well, what the hell am I doing? I don't know. That's what I'm asking <laughs> you for. <laughs> Well, this would be a good time, I guess, to, to uh, while you're looking at that, just one final thing here. I uh, wrote a story this week called, Will Wyoming Actually Throw the Ball More in 2023? Uh, for those of you who uh, didn't read it, you were obvious by just writing no. Um, <laughs> also, I hope these guys like to block. <laughs> uh, can you tell I'm getting jaded here? What channel's the game here? on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that one, too. I love when I put in a head or put in the uh, body of like a tweet or something saying what channel's a game on, what time's a game. You can find it all right here. And then the first tweet is, "Oh, it's going to be on CBS Sports." Thank you. Anyway, uh, Craig Bull did say, you know, we need not possession receivers, but guys who really can separate, and uh, we're confident that we've done that. And of course, he's talking about Devin Body Jr. from Vanderbilt, Nair Asante from Holy Cross. Um. Think about this, guys. Wyoming's returning wide receivers. Uh, basically, everybody not named Josh Cobbs that's coming back this year has amassed 531 receiving yards on 45 grabs and has three receiving touchdowns. Um, Ayer Asante has better numbers than that at uh, Holy Cross by himself. And uh, Devin Body, I think, they believe he has all the tools to get that done. 
and I understand. I know I give you crap, but I totally understand where your pessimism comes from when it comes to throwing the ball. Uh, but here's another quote from Craig Ball from this story. You know, there's no doubt any time that we can see ourselves being one-dimensional, that's a real challenge. We're going to need to stretch the field vertically. We're going to need to separate. But overall, for us to win the wars in the tr- for us to win wars in the trenches, that's what's going to define us. Yes, Craig, we know. Then he dropped. Well, now if you have a couple of guys that can really go, that changes the dynamics. And I think it does. It changes the dynamics in a lot of ways. If you, but you got to prove it too. You can't just have guys who are burning on the outside and not making plays. They have to make a few plays. And if they do, you're really going to soften up a defense. You're going to open things up for Trayton Welch. And you're going to open up things for his uh, vaunted running game, which is exactly what he wants to do. Um, but yeah, they need to throw the ball more. And, and uh, for those of you that heard the audio, it was funny when I asked him, so you got these two new guys now, so does that mean Craig Bowles is going to air it out a little bit? And he said, why don't I just give you the play sheet, Cody? Why don't you just call the plays? Mm-hmm. So, and, But he says it so tongue-in-cheek, and when you see it in black and white, fan, I saw a few fans go, oh, he's such a jerk, and he wasn't being a jerk. He was just, we've had this ongoing thing now for four years where I ask him this, and I'm just trying to find creative ways to ask him the same question. And a couple of other reporters had fun with it with you as yeah. well. Oh, so yeah. it was all tongue-in-cheek, yeah, and totally. it, it was fun. And you've said it many times. When you guys sit down one-on-one, you and Craig, Mm-hmm. He's great to you. Oh, yeah. And he, he sometimes you catch him in the heat of the moment. Yeah. And sometimes, since you are the first guy to ask a question, you're going to get the brunt of an answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, and it's not like it's fun. I, I don't enjoy getting my head ripped off. Um, nobody should, I guess. But, you know, that's what the fans want to know. Why did you throw that ball? Why did you throw that ball against <laughs> Boise State? Uh, there was no other question to ask, yep. honestly. And I remember another reporter said, well, how about Titus Wynn? Uh, can you talk about what a great game he had? And I'm like, Do you, does your readership want to know about what a great game Titus Wynn had? Because mine doesn't. Mine wants to know what the hell that play call was all about. So um, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I guys, we're never going to see ultimate balance with this football team. It's never going to happen. But if you can add that element and you can pop a few big ones, you know, one a game, one a game, two or you know, three a game for twenty plus yards. That's going to loosen things up tremendously. And the defense, with that returning squad on defense, is only going to help the offense get into better situations. And hopefully, there's going to be more three and outs mm-hmm. for the you know for the opposition. Yeah, um, that Wyoming can create, and then Wyoming's offense has that many more opportunities and they can be more explosive if there's quick turnarounds that's when you do go deep yep when i see fans and i also see your point that say okay cool we got two new wide receivers that look very serviceable who the hell's going to get him the ball that's a good point andrew peasley needs to be better there's no doubt about it he has to play better and he has to hit these guys and you know, Jalen, I keep going back to this one, Jalen Clemens missed a wide-open Josh Cobbs at the beginning of that Boise State game. He hits him. It might be a whole nother ball game here, um, but he missed. And obviously, Peasley missed Alex Brown um, in the Arizona Bowl, and it was picked off. And he's just taking too many chances, but I think we talked about it last week, Jared. I, I think it's going to be really important to see the true Andrew Peasley, him on the run more, him scrambling more, him getting out of the pocket. And um, if things break down, go. 
Mm-hmm. And we just didn't see that a lot. And, and we, we gave him credit a lot last year because he was throwing so many balls away. Um, but now you got to make hay. It's your last year of football. Probably your last year of organized football, period, if you're Andrew Peasley. Lay it all out on the line. And if you're going to go, if you need to, go pick up two yards. you got to do what you got to do here. And uh, you're going to have to sacrifice your body, not saying he hasn't. But uh, this year, I think you got to completely take the reins off that kid and see what he can do here. Um, but don't do it in the non-conference game. Yeah. Wait till wait till conference. <laughs> I'd imagine he might have to scramble a time or two in Austin, uh, maybe even at home against uh, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Uh, real quick, I did find some of the odds for the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are both plus 135, which means bet 100 to win 135. Okay. Uh, Kelsey's next on the list at plus 1,100. A.J. Brown's plus 1,400. And Devontae Smith is plus 3,000. So if you were, like, say, $10 would get you 300 in that situation. So, so Epps has to be. Uh, they only list so many, so I um, – Epps has to be way down there. Uh, I'm going to guess he's not even on this list. If he is and you find it, you should put 25 on him, and then we'll have a pizza party if he wins it. It would be a hell of a lot more in pizza because the last (laughs) guy on this list is Harrison Butker, which is the kicker, Kicker. plus 25,000. Yeah. So So a couple pizza parties. Yeah. Like it. And a few yellow bellies. <laughs> One or uh, two. There's, there's, there's some defensive guys, but they are down the list a little bit. So Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Excited for Marcus Epps. On a personal note, I covered Jalen Hurts uh, in high school when he was at Channel View High School in the Houston area. Uh, he was so great to me, and, and his dad was the head coach there at Channel View as well. Also got to know Marcus Epps pretty well. Um uh, during that celebrity softball game last summer in Cody, uh, I believe Marcus's girlfriend is from Cody. Um, oh, by the way, during his Wyoming career, he also had a child. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that guy was a walk-on, had a kid. I mean, he's been through the ringer. Had a few and, things going on. Yeah, and he came out on the other side. So, also, Darius Slay, I was able to interview him when he was with the Detroit Lions, and he came to a Michigan-Michigan State basketball game at Breslin Center and went and talked to him for a little bit. So, have a few rooting interests on that side. Uh, I'm really excited for Jalen Hurts, and I think I've said it in on this show that I, I was shocked the first time I watched him in high school. Not that he was a bad quarterback, but that guy's already going to Alabama, and he's going to play quarterback? <laughs> and he was, he was only a junior at the time. And um, Actually, the first game I covered, they lost to Sterling High School out of Baytown, Texas, and Sterling, uh, for those of you that know, which is probably not a lot of you, Sterling won about three games in the last three, previous three seasons, and they upset Channel View and beat Jalen Hurts. And after the game, I'm thinking, really? He's going to Alabama? There's no way he's playing quarterback at Alabama. Proved me wrong. Went and uh, won some titles and went to OU and was great at OU as well. And he's always been that humble, really nice guy. Coach's son, he's, just, he's a really stand-up dude, so I'm excited for him. Speaking of Texas, how many Lone Stars do you have left? <clears throat> I still have a case in my trunk I haven't opened. Uh, you might You shouldn't leave that in the trunk. Well, it's been cold out, so... I'm no, not... what if it freezes <laughs> and explodes? I'm just thinking about it staying cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've gone through about a case and a half. That's a delicacy, man. Pace I really like yourself. that stuff. Well, it's a delicacy. you got to pace yourself. <laughs> I think I have been. <laughs> I came home the other... I went over to Kyle's the other day, and he was nursing one. 
It's funny, Kyle, me, Finnis Dimbo, and uh, Levi Williams' dad all met in San Antonio a couple years, as well as my uncle and another buddy from Cheyenne. And we left that place on the Riverwalk with a $350 Lone Star <laughs> bill. And I'll never forget Kyle being like, hey, I'll pick this one up since you guys have picked up hotels and food and stuff like that. And I looked at that and said, you sure? And he said, yeah, oh, yeah, I got it. 350 bucks. And then I went and ate a nine-pound burrito next door. Tried to. You're still carrying that around with you. (laughs) (laughs) Sure am. (laughs) It was disgusting, too. I thought it'd be great. Um, But, yeah. Oh, those Lone Stars are delicious. I'm loving them. So, I got some saved up for the big game. For for Super Bowl Saturday night. (laughs) Trying to start something here. But, anyway... uh, Sorry we don't have better basketball news for you this week. Uh, it was a rough week for the Wyoming Cowboys. UNLV's a chance to turn it around, and if not, I fear we're looking at a uh, rough, rough, rough week ahead. But if you can get to the games and support the guys from here on out, please do it. Uh, do what you can. Uh, and the Cowgirls. The yep. Cowgirls are you know, fighting for that uh, you know, top five position to where they can get a, a first-round bye in the tournament and hopefully make some noise out there in Vegas. Lost a heartbreaker in Moby the other day, yeah. last-second three-pointer for the Rams. Yep. Um, that's Wyoming's first border war loss of the year in any sport. Ooh. Well, volleyball. Oh, yeah, I guess ba- yep. basketball and football. Yeah, that sucks. They always uh, – that, that's a tough place to play. CSU is pretty good, too. And wrestling lost a heartbreaker on Sunday. Host in Northern it. Colorado, ranked 19th in the country. Up 16-13, last match. Yeah. Have you, he gets hurt early on, uh, twists his knee, comes back, and just gets in another bad situation and couldn't get out of it and got pinned. But. Yeah, um, I was reading a guy in the know, and admittedly, I don't know a ton about wrestling, but I, uh, I was listening, watching a, what a guy was saying who was in the know on this team, and he said the transfer portal's just a, done a number on them, and they're really, and injuries, and injuries, and they're real young, and they're you know trying to work their way back a little bit. But well, uh, Wyoming's had two years in a row of top twenty recruiting classes. Yeah. So next year should be the year where it all comes together. Yeah. Good, because I know a lot of you out there, there are some very hardcore wrestling fans out there, and I know uh, I know it's important to you. So uh, good to see them. All these years, they've just been winning and winning and winning, so it's been weird this year to see Down some of these here. teams come in and win. And, you know, they did dominate Utah Valley on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, and then you it, wrestling's so different because you look and you're like, UNC, number 17 UNC? Yeah, and uh, South Dakota State's having a really good year. North Dakota State's having a good year. And they're all Big 12 teams yeah. to go along with Oklahoma State's, the Iowa State's, and the OU's of the West Virginia's yeah. as, as well. So no. it, it's a very, very difficult wrestling conference. Absolutely. Well, Wyoming UNLV tip-off Wednesday, rare Wednesday game, 8.30 p.m. inside the Arena Auditorium. That game will be televised on FS1, but you don't need to worry about that because you're going to be there in person. Right along with me if the roads are good. <laughs> the roads they turned, should be. They turned me right around the other night, Jared. I got to admit, I was five miles out of town and went, uh, nope, if it looks like this now, what is it going to look like on the hill? I got to get, I'm not doing this. The rest of the week looks pretty decent. So. Good. Well, I hope you have a great time in Arizona. Uh, it should be a, a lot of fun. I know you love that golf stuff. Oh, it's fun. And you don't watch a whole <laughs> lot of golf, I'll be honest with you. And plus, I'm going to play some too. But uh, Brett Hansen, if you're listening, I'll see you on the 16th. There you go. And uh, good luck to Marcus Epps and the Eagles. Would love to see another ring uh, 
Another Wyoming guy with a ring. Real quick, sorry, you just talked about Super Bowl rings. I heard an interview the other day with Eli Manning, and they asked him about, do you ever wear your Super Bowl ring? He goes, no, not really. And uh, he goes, they're just so gaudy and big, you know. And he goes, <laughs> he goes. afterwards I was mentioned, like, maybe we should have a smaller one during the design phase. And Michael Strahan looked at him and he goes, I want a 10-table ring. <laughs> and he goes, what's that mean? He goes, I want you to be able to see it 10 tables away. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are now. <laughs> and then I also heard an interview with uh, – Oh, who's the former quarterback from Fresno State that's now the head coach at UAB? That oh, won? Dilfer. Dilfer. Yeah, yeah, excuse me, Trent Dilfer. Uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, and mm-hmm. they asked him, he goes, do you, ever get, do you ever wear that thing? Do you even know where it is right now? He goes, yeah, I actually wore it recruiting a little bit um, this year, and it was very uncomfortable wearing it. Yeah. So. Well, it should be very uncomfortable for him wearing it because he did absolutely nothing to bring Baltimore a Super Bowl. He managed the offense. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> that, that actually was managed by the defense. Yeah, he took the snaps. <laughs> he took the snaps and didn't throw a million interceptions. Good job, Trent. Did you watch the 30 for 30 on the Baltimore Ravens? It mm. just came out? No. I think it's called Bullies. Uh-uh. Um, that's I've, a good title. I heard that it's great. Yeah. No, I haven't, but that's I a heard, great title. Uh, Sarah Gusa. They they still had a lot of footage from him when he was alive, and yeah. they said it was really really good. And I I probably despise the Baltimore Ravens as much as any team in the NBA or the NFL. To be honest with you, they're pretty hateable. I I just don't like them. I don't like their colors. I don't like anything about them. Yeah, but I'm probably gonna watch that. Yeah, absolutely. So, have you ever seen the uh, football life about the '94 '95 Browns or whenever they left Cleveland? I did not see that one. One of the most impactful moments in that thing is, you know, just to add some salt to the wound, when they moved to Baltimore, they had the first overall pick, obviously, as an expansion franchise. And it was between Lawrence Phillips and Jonathan Ogden and Ozzie Newsome, the former all-time Brown tight end, talked to the owners and talked to everybody else out of getting Lawrence Phillips and going with Jonathan Ogden. And then, what, two years later, they win a Super Bowl? Can you imagine if they took Lawrence Phillips instead of Jonathan Ogden? Yeah, Lawrence Phillips went to the pen. Now he's, <laughs> yeah. I believe he's deceased. I think he's dead, yeah. Yeah so. yeah, so I thought that was really interesting and just more salt for, uh, for Cleveland, poor Cleveland fans, that that happened. So... Uh, very interesting. Kind of sounds like what could have been with a lot of Wyoming teams. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we should do our own 30 for 30 in writing and, and on the podcast of what could have been. If they could only beat San Diego State in 1996. <laughs> Damn it. And BYU. Yeah, and BYU. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. Yeah, let's not end on too much of a depressing note. Good luck to Marcus Epps this week, and uh, we'll catch you when Jared comes back all tanned and ready to roll next Wednesday afternoon, I believe. That'll work. Okay, sounds good. Everybody have a great week.